Hey, we uh, start, that was the week that was, with the uh, <laughs> the, the clapback, I think the uh, young people call it, against Donald Trump today uh, after the US president criticised South Africa's land reform policies. Uh, the controversy began when uh, Trump tweeted uh, yesterday evening uh, that he'd asked Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo to closely study the South African land and farm seizures and expropriations uh, and the large-scale killing of farmers. Uh, and the tweet was sparked by this Fox News report by Tucker Carlson. Take a listen. We've got an exclusive investigation for you tonight. The president of South Africa, Cyril Ramaphosa, has begun, and you may have seen this in the press, seizing land from his own citizens without compensation because they are the wrong skin color. That is literally the definition of racism. Racism is what our elites say they dislike most. Donald Trump is a racist, they say, but they paid no attention to this at all. In fact, Ramaphosa is one of Barack Obama's favorite leaders in the world. In a speech just a few weeks ago, Obama praised him. He praised the racist government of South Africa and Ramaphosa by name for, quote, inspiring hope throughout the country. Does our current bureaucratic elite agree with that? Apparently they do. We called over to the State Department for comment on South Africa's land seizures, seizures which should be getting worldwide attention because they are immoral, but are getting basically none. And the State Department replied with what is honestly an unbelievable statement. We're going to quote it for you at length. Here it is. Quote, we are aware of these reports and have been following this issue very closely for some time. South Africa is a strong democracy with resilient institutions, including a free press and an independent judiciary. South Africans are grappling with the difficult issue of land reform through an open process, including public hearings, broad-based consultations, and active civil society engagement. President Ramaphosa has pledged that the land reform process will follow the rule of law and its implementation will not adversely affect economic growth, agricultural production, or food security. End quote. State Department did not mention that by following the rule of law, he has changed the country's constitution to make it possible to steal land from people because they are the wrong skin color. In other words, nothing to see here, says Mike Pompeo's State Department. It's totally okay for South Africa to steal property for racist reasons because they are, quote, a strong democracy and held, quote, public hearings. Criminals take note, find a buddy, start robbing State Department employees on their way to work. By their logic, as long as you outnumber them, they'll be okay with getting robbed because it's democracy. Marion Tupi is from South Africa. He spent a lot of time studying that country and the region. Now works at the Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity at the Cato Institute. We talked to him about this recently. Here's our conversation. I thought the whole point of the new South Africa and the reason the rest of us were excited to see it uh, in 1994 take shape is because it rejected racial discrimination. And yet the government is now embracing it. Or am I missing something? You're missing something. Have we got in a time machine? Have we have we gone back 30 years? Tucker Carlson, you are a moron. Uh, Someone who isn't a moron is uh, Theo Fenter. Hello, Theo. (laughs) Thank you very much for that. (laughs) <laughs> thoughts, thoughts, please, Theo. Well, yeah, the, the news broke early, early today. And uh, when I listened to it, three or four things came to mind immediately. Firstly, there's a old story, you cannot manage your foreign policy by tweet. Or by <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ridiculous. You cannot. Because <laughs> it, 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 you, you cannot do... Uh, uh, you can't have a no-hanced situation like South Africa's contained in, 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 in 200 words or whatever, letters or whatever you have. Secondly, when, when you listen to the Fox News guys, the second word that came up is ideology. Now, ideology means don't confuse me with the facts. 
When you've got a view on things, then you start connecting the dots. And then sometimes you get these kind of tweets. For instance, there's a linkage in this tweet between expropriation without compensation and farm murders. And that linkage is not a factual one. It's an ideological one. It's what people make of it afterwards. And then I think in the last case, um, the, 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 whole, the whole issue of um, Trump's own domestic issues at the moment, um, when, when, when you somebody like himself, and I call him just a political bully, when you're in trouble, you get something, you focus on it as if it then... Uh, takes a different avenue and it releases some of the tension that you're under because what happened to Donald Trump over the last 48 hours is two very important people in his inner circle that used to be in his inner circle are now facing jail time. And when you face jail time, um, that's the right time to start talking. Uh, <laughs> they started talking about financing, funding two prostitutes or whatever you want to call them. And, and, and they were paid off. The question is, were they paid off by Trump out of pocket or were they paid off uh, through campaign funds? If it's out of campaign funds, he's in deep trouble. If it's out of pocket, well, that's something else. It's more a moral issue or an ethical issue. But that, um, that wasn't good. And then uh, I think this tweet also had its impact in South Africa. I think a negative impact. Although, um, I mean, it gives Afri Forum something to dine out on for a while, doesn't it? Yes, and remember, we spoke about this a month or two ago when they had this visit in Washington and they mm, had this mm. whole story about... Now, now they, they're claiming that it was in part um, the discussion they had that got people thinking about South Africa, which, uh, which, is, a, which is a lot of nonsense. Um, I think Afri Forum... Is, is, is in, in their campaign of, of, of selective um, usage of truth is doing us more harm than good, really. Let me ask you, uh, Theo, that w- what struck me about this tweet was the, the, the referencing of white farmers. Um, I, I think that as somebody who, who's followed Trump and I, and I, um, I think I understand his politics, my view is that he is, um, largely a bigoted racist. However, it's not the kind of thing that you really want, you know, to, to come out and, to come out and say. The fact that he used the term white farmers, it's the kind of thing that you expect from, I don't know, uh, um, you know, a, a Tommy Robinson, a, an EDL leader, or even that dreadful Katie Hopkins woman who who sort of runs around and and, and she was here I think uh, from the UK last year to to assist the plight of of white farmers but for the president of the United States to categorically um, and very blatantly bring race into it in that way were you surprised or not I, I I was surprised but I think your analysis is spot on and if you compare the tweet with the press release from the State Department they can't be more apart than the two. The State Department saying, we're taking note of the case. South Africa's got good systems. They've got a good court system. Uh, it's a very complicated situation. So the State Department understands what's going on. Now, part of the problem, of course, is that 
And what makes Donald Trump unique in terms of his foreign policy, not only about this South African case, but we can refer to the UK, to NATO, to Germany, even to Russia the other day. Um, he has personalized um, foreign relations. Now, foreign relations can never be personalized. Mm. It's an institutionalized thing. Mm. It's being run by departments, by bureaucrats. It's run by diplomats. It, it goes beyond governments of the day. What Trump does, he personalizes things, and in that sense, he confuses and he... He, he, he just brings about a lot of chaos. But I must add, despite all the criticism, that if it wasn't for uncertainty in South Africa, if it wasn't for an injection of total chaos mm -hmm. in terms of where do we stand yeah. with the 139 farms or expropriation, we, we've actually created kind of a situation where people can uh, exploit the uncertainty that's currently existing in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, very good point, very good point. Okay, uh, from one racist to another, um, Adam Katsavelos. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, what, can you actually respond to a fool like that? Thinking that if you make a video on a beach somewhere in Greece or wherever he was, uh, that you, 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 you're not going global or viral? It, it, it reminds me of these guys that did the two... Uh, black guys in the coffins, you remember? Mm. I think it was yep. at Red Bank or somebody and somewhere and some other cases. Why on earth do guys take videos of these things and send it around? Well, the question is, what do they think? What, what, what goes on in their minds? I, I just don't know. It's, it's beyond me. So when we see a, a case like the, the Penny Sparrow case or um, Vicky, a Vicky Momberg case, um, you know, and there are calls for racism to be made illegal. Now, the, the crime that Vicky Momberg committed was criminal injuria. Um, yes, by, right. by, by saying what, what she'd said. Um, but, but in terms of calling for racism to be made illegal, I mean, what, I, I'm, I may be missing something there. No, you're not missing something. It is, it is a very difficult thing to deal with. Mm. In both those cases that you mentioned, these individuals addressed a specific individual on the other side, calling him by names or, or referring him in, in, in racist language. Mm. So that individual goes to court. The court then says, you have done that person harm by using racist slurs or whatever. When you malema, you stand on, on a podium and you say Indians are racists, or when you call white farmers things or whatever, it's extremely difficult to do something about it because Malema hasn't spoken to an individual. He has spoken in general. And that's the problem with this one as well. When you have this, um, this, this broad approach, the legislation becomes very, very limited. And what happens then is what has happened to this guy, community responds, the, the shops respond, and the family respond, the school responds. So you can see there's almost a different kind of sanction um, on, on something like this, which goes far beyond what legislation can do.
I um I saw a, a message on uh, on a Facebook earlier, um, and it, it it sort of it struck me because obviously there have been calls uh, to to boycott the businesses that he's been uh, associated with, and the person who said this post said, uh, you know, when he eventually breaks his silence, he'll he'll do what what people do in this situation, was at- attempt some some damage control and say he's never used that word before, and you know he's had some sort of traumatic mm-hmm. experience. Um, but what he was saying, this post was saying, was that the reality. Reality is, the very people that he's insulted are likely the ones who's going to, who are going to suffer the most as a consequence of his actions. Because if his bo- businesses are boycotted, uh, it's his black staff who are likely to use, lose their jobs. And, and isn't that a paradox? Yeah. That, that is the difficulty that we face with. And, and I'm using the word paradox about the third time today because this is the, the key characteristic of complex societies and developing societies. Um, very often, the simple thing you want to do is exactly what you don't want to do or the effect or the implication or whatever is, 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 is like sanctions. If you apply sanctions to a government, the people that get hurt are the people that are defenseless. Um, we see this in Russia now. We see it in uh, in a place like Turkey. We see it in Iran. Um, so the argument is that if you apply sanctions to a country, and I'm trying to, to get the model now into this guy and his business, you put pressure on the country, the people get hurt. The people respond to the country and they vote them out of power so you change, actually, the government by using sanctions. It has never really worked like that. Um, but this is the paradox of, of dealing with this. But I think what we've seen on the social media, as well as on Twitter and a few other places, people are responding to this in a way which no judge or magistrate could have responded. Yeah. And, and I think it is a horrible time for this guy after doing this. This is not the only case. I see in KZN... There's also a case within the ANC Youth League where a similar situation developed um, within the leadership of of, uh, of the of the Youth League, where the K word was used among the um, the management of of, of the KZN uh, Youth League. So, uh, to me, it, it it just demonstrates that South Africa is at is at a bad spot where polarization. Um, is something that we must all take into consideration, whatever we say, whatever we do. And something like the first point, Trump has polarized South Africans about where we're going because there are people supporting, I see on the social media, supporting what he's saying, that yes, that was needed. And the other guys are saying, what a fool. And with this one, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, Theo, I would love to have spoken to you about the Zondo um, Commission, but we don't have time. Um, so I guess we'll pick that up again next week because something I'm sure we'll, we'll have to. We'll have to. The star witness is only tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, Theo, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Pleasure. Bye.